wonderful words of life, there's within my heart a melody.
Would you pray with me, church? Holy Spirit, breathe fresh wind into us this morning. Breathe life into us. Savior, if there's sin in our life, that we would confess it before you this day. Let us be revived. Give us eyes that have clear vision and ears that clearly hear. And when we leave here this morning, without a doubt we know we've encountered the Holy One, the living Christ. We praise you and we thank you. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And good Sunday morning to you, church. Morning. A few announcements to share with you. We're having a sweetheart luck after church with the newlywed game part two. Everyone is encouraged to stay and enjoy good fellowship. Choir practice tomorrow night at 4.30. If you've never been in the choir, it's a great opportunity for you to join. Well, I can't read music and I can't sing. Well, that's no excuse. You can make a joyful noise. Bless you. Then at 5.30, there's a bazaar meeting. A bazaar meeting. Not bizarre? No, not, not bizarre, bazaar. Because I was going to say, I've been in some bizarre meetings. And then United Methodist Women at 6 o'clock. Tuesday morning, Bible study. Tuesday evening, prayer time. The next Saturday, uh, fall prevention. Uh, a couple young nurses are coming and uh, going to share some things on that. Any announcements from anyone here? Bonnie? For the UMW ladies, um, bring a bath towel with you tomorrow night. We're going to do something fun. Doesn't have to be a great big one, but just a nice size bath towel. And ladies, if you want your booklet before tomorrow night, I have them done up here on the piano. Phyllis? We found these in our driveway up by the house. They're prescription glasses. If you were at our house, I don't know, last, was it Tuesday? <laughs> Tuesday or Wednesday, and they dropped out of your car or something, this is, this is them. <laughs> so I can't use them. How about the UPS driver? House? Oh, no? Or no? How about the mail lady? No? So real quick, I've got one. Um, I'd like to meet with the trustees following the service real quick. Got to talk over a couple things about the parsonage. If you're not sure if you're a trustee, I put the list up there. Um, <laughs> if you all don't want to be on it, let me know and we'll get fill-ins. So I need to do that. It's only going to be like two or three minutes after you've completed your service. And while you have that up there, because I know you will encounter some that say, well, I never agreed to that. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six of you on that list, I personally asked at one point or another. So you may not remember, but I remember. 
Any other announcements? Young disciples. Who has the young disciples this morning? Pamela. There's kids. Good morning. Okay, so what I want to tell you about today was I had my little grandson spend the night a couple weeks ago. And he wanted to sleep in a little tent that we put up with a sleeping bag and put him in there. All of a sudden, um, and I slept on the sofa, and then all of a sudden he started to cry in the middle of the night. It was dark, and he's in this tent, and then he's in this sleeping bag. So I woke up immediately, and I opened the tent, and here he was at the other end of the sleeping bag, not the open end, the other end, and kind of like sitting up, but he's crying. I mean, he was, he was pretty panicky, and I'm like, Hunter, settle down. We can get you out of here. So I un tried to unzip, and he's crying and carrying on, and I unzipped it. I'm not even sure he was awake, so I unzipped it, and... Seconds later, he went right back to sleep. So I got thinking about that little story, and I thought, well, that's how we sort of are with when we think we're all alone, and it's scary, and God hasn't, isn't there. He is there. As close as I was on that sofa to Hunter, that's how close God is to us. And all we have to do, and he watches us all the time, is all we have to do is call on him, and he's there to, to help us, to get us out of any kind of trouble that we're in. And then in Hebrews 13, 5, it says, God will not forsake us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. So just remember that, okay? And another thing is, when we pray to God, when we pray to God, we're talking to him. But when we read his word, he's talking to us, okay? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're always there. You're always there whenever we need you, whenever we call upon you, and we also should always bless you. And we just pray for these kids, and we ask that you would guide and direct them in the way that they would go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, one of the joys about being part of Project Blessing, you never know how you're going to impact people. I don't know how many weeks or how many months we've been doing the Wednesday night Project Blessing. But usually about uh, 6.30, this couple comes in and he goes and sits by the books and he'll go through the book collection and his wife Jessie will just walk around the store and uh, try to find treasures. We noticed this week that uh, he came along. He went back to his uh, care even said to him, your chair's ready for you. And he goes back and he sits by the books. And he's there about one or two minutes. His phone rings. And he's making a mad dash for the door. 
And he said, will you pray for my wife, Jessie? Her cancer was in remission, but it's back now, and it's really bad. So we're going to pray for Jesse and our prayer concerns this morning. And Karen, if you would make sure that we have a prayer, sh- a prayer blanket, a sign blanket that we take with us for this Wednesday night, maybe he will come back. So we pray for Jesse this morning. I lift up Tom this morning. Tom's recovering. We have something in common, Judy. Tom said to me yesterday, you and my sister, Judy, are awful hard on me. (laughs) And I said, Tom, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. And I know Judy's not either. Amen. Well, we all get blessed in different ways now, don't we? I did notice they're not so lax trying to get into the place anymore either. So I don't know if you have anything to do with that, but all I can say is God is good. And all the time. Someone else share a concern this morning or a praise that you might have. Well, thanks to Nick Willer and Nathan Wood, Fred's got a new chair. And I must say, between looking at you sitting in that chair and looking at Fred, Fred looks better. You compared me to a dog? We're men. We're all dogs. I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you. Will you put that back up there a minute? Because this is a wonderful blessing, if you ask me. And if you don't ask me, I'm going to tell you anyways. So I told you about Auntie's two new couches that we got and we brought down from Grayling. And uh, God bless the trustees. I still hurt. You still hurting? Well, this red couch here was just about 20 years old, but still in pretty good shape. So we put it out on the porch, put it out on the community page, free couch. Come and pick it up. And Pam called or sent a text. Next thing you know, Nick and one of his buddies show up. And Pam sends me that picture. And I think she was a little worried that I was going to get mad that she got it for her dog. (laughs) I couldn't think of a better friend to sit on that couch than Fred. (laughs) Yeah, because I was going to take it in the backyard that day and burn it. Because nobody wanted it. I love Fred. He looks good there. It was wonderful having my granddaughter with me for the week. She's coming back in another couple weeks to stay with me. Um, And it was nice to see her thriving. And um, it also reminded me that there are still lots of kids who are, you know, anxious and having struggles in, in this world. And we still need to keep praying for our students in school and our young children. Um, There's still... You know, there's a lot to get through in these last few years, so keep praying for them. The granddaughter of a friend of mine who is Kennedy, who's 26 years old, uh, has had a kidney transplant for many years now. She almost lived at Children's Hospital when she was a kid when they tried to get this all under control. And she was finally able to get a trans, uh, a new kidney. But now uh, her body is starting to reject that kidney. And she's been to all of the major hospitals and they won't put her on the list because they feel she's not viable. Well, now she got COVID. And... Um, So she was a very sick young lady. Uh, She was on a ventilator. She has been able to get off the ventilator now, but she's still very, very sick. So I'd 
I and her grandma and her mom and a lot of others would appreciate prayers for Kennedy that she can get this COVID shook and then she's now going to um, Cleveland to see if she can get on a transplant list there. So that's another prayer that she will be able to get on a list and get a new kidney. Anyone else? I need prayer. I need prayers for my brother-in-law, Randy. He was just in the hospital this week, and he's dealing with some serious health issues. And we need prayer for him. I just want to say thank you to everybody that's been praying for Grady and ask if you could keep praying. We just got approved to go to the Mayo Clinic in April. So I would appreciate more prayers on finding an answer. Grandma, do you have Joy's bag of fishing lures? And, okay, Joy, don't leave without seeing Karen, okay? Got some of my uncle's fishing lures I want to pass on to you for your ice fishing adventures. Anyone else before we talk to the father? I would like prayers for the Hernandez family and the passing of Mike Hernandez. It's me again, Lord. I'm sorry, I forgot this. Anyway, Randy's wife, Sherry, she's having surgery tomorrow, so she needs prayers too. Um, I got the opportunity to take soup around in town like we do every month. And uh, for some reason, I got it stuck in my head. I was passing out chili. So every time I got to somebody, I said, oh, we got chili today. I don't know why, but when I got home, I got a surprise. It was really good cabbage soup. Thank you. Well, actually, it was yellow bologna soup. Yeah. No? Sauerkraut, potatoes, tomatoes, onions, and the notorious yellow bologna, and a whole bunch of caraway. And love. And love. And I think we served, uh, we delivered 90, how many? About 94. 94. Deliveries this time. And I'm not sure. Rob, was it you who mentioned uh, the lady at the beauty parlor? I delivered soup to her. And she was very happy. So thank you for mentioning that. Anyone else? Let's talk to the father. Father, the Hernandez family is grieving over the loss of a loved one. Father Kennedy is needing to be put on a kidney transplant list. Father, we lift up little Grady to you. And we thank you that he has an opportunity to see some specialists again. And Father, we're believing that they'll find results this time. But as they wait, that you would give Amanda and Paul and some peace of mind. Think of Dwayne Brooks this morning. 
Lift up Bob Milliken. Father, we ask a blessing on Jesse. And Father, we know you still do miracles. I lift up on you, Father. Anticipating you to do something radical in his life. There are unspoken requests. We lift up Randy and his health issues and Sherry who faces surgery. Lift up Greg as he recovers from COVID. And Father, we lift up our educators and all the students and we pray a hedge of protection around them. Father, the suicide rate is higher than it's been in a long, long, long time. Help us to be available, just to listen and love. Domestic violence is at an all-time high. A lot of people are stressed out, Father. What a great day to come to the cross. What a great day to have a sit down with Jesus. Lift up Ole and Ronnie as they go to graveside this day. Lift those who are homebound and those who are shut in. Father, we thank you that this situation with our truckers has been peaceful. And we just pray for all involved. Father, we have so many needs, but you are an awesome and amazing God. Let us each examine ourselves this day. That we might confess our sins before you. Thank you that we're redeemed by your blood. <clears throat> Father, I don't know if Wilma and Clara are watching us from Florida this morning. But happy anniversary to you. Wilma, thank you for blessing this church the way that you do. Father, thank you that you meet us at our point of need and beyond. And that you might hear us this morning as we pray your prayer, as we pray our Father. Ushers, if you would gather.
It is Noisy Offering Sunday. Which goes for the camp fund. Father, thank you this morning for Sean and Brian. And Father, we ask a blessing upon their lives. We pray a hedge of protection around them both. And Father, they bring the tithes, gifts, and offerings, and they lay them at the foot of the cross. Father, we ask that you might touch them and multiply them and allow us to continue to be your church. Thank you for the privilege that you allow us the privilege to make disciples of Jesus Christ, that we can transform this world that we live in one life at a time. We thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. You see the church? It's time for the young people to go downstairs. So give me an idea how long until the meatballs are burnt. Oh, you're looking at me? Yeah. You put them in the oven, right? No, I didn't. Karen did. Karen? She's downstairs Okay, so somebody's watching them. Because when I walked down there at 9.30 and I thought that both of the ovens were full of food, I thought, I sure hope the preacher doesn't go over today. But if he does... To God be the glory. <laughs> Workers. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for the vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into the vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing at the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon, about three in the afternoon, did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, 
Why have you been standing there all day doing nothing? The Word of God, people of God. How many of you still work full-time jobs? Anybody work part-time jobs? Anybody work a full-time job and a part-time job? I saw an advertisement this week on uh, the community page, a young man looking for uh, a cook's position. He said that he had a lot of cooking background. He was a very good chef and just needed a job. And I responded to him. I said, maybe you should go to the horseshoe. They're always hiring people. And his response was, I already worked there. So I'm a cook there. And I, I was a little confused. Then he responded back. He said, I need another income because that's not quite enough. And I thought for a minute. I think it was last week or the week before a young man called the church looking for help. I love to help people, but I like to help people who like to help themselves also. And I'm asking him some questions. He's telling me some things. And I says, well, I don't think I can help you, sir. And he hung up on me. I thought, okay. He made me remember a lady that when I was in Sutton Sunshine and Carol. The woman would call probably every other week looking for help, financial help. Every time the story was different. And I said to her, I said, I tell you what, we're looking to hire a secretary here at the church. Why don't you come in for an interview and we can probably give you a job? Click. Here we are in Matthew's Gospel. Bring it into modern day terms for the church. Like the man used to go out several hours of the day trying to find help. I don't know if you realize, but before the pandemic, you probably couldn't find a job in Brown City because nobody was hiring. Since the pandemic, you can start on that end of town, and you can go to that end of town. And there are many hiring. I've often thought, where have all the people gone? Restaurants have to close early. They don't have enough help. Uh, nurses are being uh, extremely stressed out by the extra shifts that they have to pull because there doesn't appear to be enough help. I'm not sure what happened in the school system, but I'd heard that anybody can, if you're a school employee, and correct me if I'm wrong with this, you educators, anybody who works in the school system can be a substitute teacher. Is that correct? So the janitor, not saying there's anything wrong with being a janitor. They can be a substitute teacher? In an emergency. And the cook, can a cook be a substitute teacher? And a bus driver, can a bus driver be a substitute teacher? You know, that tells me we're alongside the church. There's plenty of work to do. You know somebody and I know somebody that have not committed their life to Christ yet. And I'm 
going under the assumption this morning that everybody in this place is saved. That's what I want to believe. Only you know if that's correct. So there's plenty of work to do. I'll use the soup ministry for an example. Rob takes his order. Pam takes her order. I take my order. Marilyn takes her order. And we go out into the community. Grandma's in the kitchen. Kim is in the kitchen. Karen's in the kitchen. We still need help. The harvest is plentiful. And the labors are few. There's plenty of loafers. You know, and I'm not talking about the kind of loafers that you put on your shoe. Because the scripture that I read this morning from Matthew's gospel talks about at the end of the day, there's still people standing around doing nothing. Those we consider loafers or lazy. And then we have this. Why are you still here at the end of the day not doing anything? Well, I'm too old. I can't do that. I've never done that before. So there's plenty of alibis. An alibi is a glorified word for excuse not to do something. Why stand by idle? You know what I get joy in? It's like Rob had mentioned this beauty parlor on the end of the corner here. I said, well, put them on my list. And I don't know that young lady. I've only been in that place one other time, and that was to deliver a cross for their window. She hand them a bag of soup, and the smile comes across their face. I says, I'm the pastor down at the church. I can't help that I don't look like a pastor when I'm out there, okay? I got a black POW hat on and I have a black hoodie on. And I got this. But God knows my heart. So it really doesn't matter what we look like, does it? If God knows your heart. Then in verse 11, some were complaining. You ever hear anybody complain in the church? Come on, you can laugh louder than that on that one. But there's plenty of opportunities too for all of us. I know a woman who's been a Christian probably for 70 years. And her pastor told her one day, you're too old to do anything in this church. And when I became the pastor of the church and she had shared that with me, I thought, how ridiculous is that? You can be 100 years old and pray. That's a powerful tool, prayer. I think of Tim Stasek's grandmother who is going to be 100 years old this month, isn't she? I believe this month she's going to be 100 years old. God's not done with her yet. So age only matters if you're cheese. So if you think that it's an excuse to use that I'm too old to do something in the church, God's got a purpose for you. Then you know how when we deal with people, we sometimes encounter problems. 
I will always be thankful to Joe Murray and Explorer Motorhome Company. I was serving the Omar Church. Our oldest son went off to college and I needed extra income. I got hired at Explorer Motorhome Company. Mike Hillman, some of you know Mike Hillman. Mike Hillman interviewed me. And he said to me, I'll give you a job, preacher, as long as you don't preach to my workers. Deal. I won't preach to them. Because the best sermon is one that's spoken without words, if that makes sense to you. No words need to be spoken for people to see Jesus Christ through you. How ironic, though, when Mike Hillman took me out to one of the buses that was being built, one of the motorhomes, and introduced me to Larry Miner. Larry was a wonderful man, very talented man. He used to be part of the church in his younger years, knew scripture better than I did. But I'll never forget the look on his face when Mike said to him, this is the pastor of the Omar church. He's coming to work with you. Larry was in the hospital dying of cancer. And I went and visited him and I prayed with him. And the last thing I said to him as I left was, I love you, brother. I'll see you on the other side. He says, I love you too, Pat. And I'll see you on the other side. It's not with words, but with examples of Christ-like love that can make a difference. Plenty of, of surprises along our way. We went to uh, watch the basketball game the other night at the school. How old are those young kids that were playing first? Twelve. Do you remember when you were twelve? For a moment I did. And I'm watching these young fellows play basketball and it was one of the most comical things I've seen in a long, long time. But they had such passion. They were having so much fun. And someone, someone's teaching them right. I think they have some good coaches at Brown City because there was a lot of good sportsmanship that you could see. This is how I respond to these. These five scriptures. Make a note of them in your mind, if not on a piece of paper. And they'll help you in life's journey. I have people in my family that aren't saved yet. My job is not done. There's people in this community that aren't saved yet. The church's job is not done. There may be people in your family that aren't saved yet. Your spouse may not be saved yet. Your children or your grandchildren might not be saved yet. But tell yourself this. Isaiah 57, 17. No weapon formed against you will prosper. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. God's got your back. It's pretty simple. If you trust in him, he's got your back. And no matter how the devil and the evil one comes against you, he's a liar and he's not going to win. And then Deuteronomy 28, 13. This is what the Lord says. I, the Lord, I make you the head and not the tail. And you shall be above 
all things. God wants you to prosper in all that you do. That's why he refers to you as the head and not the tail. You're leading the pack. You're not bringing up the rear end. Your job is not done. And then Psalm 18 and 2. When you struggle, you're not worthy in your mind. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. He is my deliverer. God is my refuge. He's my shield, my horn. He is my salvation and my stronghold. If Christ Jesus is in your heart, nothing is going to overthrow you. You may still have some struggles. You may still get sick. But when you take your last breath and you stand before the great creator, well done, my good and faithful servant. And then from the 20th Psalm. See, people trust in all kinds of things. They think they can do it by themselves. They think their spouse can get them into heaven. Psalm 27 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but I trust in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who do you trust in? What do you trust in? And then Romans 8 and 37. I hope you hear me out there. Romans 8 and 37. And all things. We are more than conquerors. In all things. He doesn't just say, well, in the things you like to do or the things you're really good at. He says, in all things, you are more than conquerors. Through him who loves you. And there's nobody that loves you more than Jesus Christ and him crucified. What's your excuse? You have none. Everyone in this place this morning, when you take your last breath, you're going to stand before the great I am and you're going to give an account of your life. Have you ever thought of that? You know what? That's sort of scary for me. But you know the good news is? I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. So what happened way back then doesn't matter. I'm going to hear this. Rebecca, I want to apologize to you for creating trouble at your house this morning. Becca got a new puppy week or so ago. They showed me a picture of it last Sunday. I said, well, you can bring that down to church any time. Well, I guess there was a debate this morning with her little son there that pastor said I could bring my dog to church with me. <laughs> and mama said he couldn't, but pastor said I could, but mama said I couldn't, but pastor said I could, but mama said you can't, but pastor said I can. So I'm going to help him out that way, okay? When the weather gets nice, we're going to offer a blessing of the pets. It's a great opportunity. I can hear some of you in your mind right now, you're not bringing a dog into my church, Pastor. Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> Absolutely. We've done it in a couple other places. There were dogs and a cat and a hedgehog and a hamster and a snake. Only one dog had a muzzle. And there were like 40-some pets up here. And you know what? They got along better than those out there. <laughs> Serious. Nobody lifted their leg on the pew or squatted over by the piano. None of that. None of that, he said. So I do apologize. What are we singing, Elizabeth? There we go.
a young man just came to my mind. He's been in, sentenced to be in the penitentiary for the next seven or eight years. I'm not going to mention his name, but I'm going to lift him up to the throne of grace this morning. Asking our Heavenly Father to put a hedge of protection around him. And that maybe while he's in the penitentiary, he can uh, work on bettering himself and getting an education. And then I would believe that uh, he might get early release with good behavior. I told his grandma I would do that, and I had forgotten about it until we were singing Grace, Grace, God's Grace. Because God's grace is greater than all our sin. So thank you, Father, what you're doing that young man's life. Father, I would ask now that you would bless our fellowship down in the basement, that uh, you would bless the food and that the meatballs won't be burnt. And Lord, just thank you that you made us at our point of need and beyond. And we, we love you, Lord. God bless you, church, and may God continue to bless America. Amen. Amen.